Yes! Welcome back to Go Deep the Podcast, a member of Go Deep Productions, where we have an opinion like we have a clue. Thank you for coming back. And here's your host, John Nothing Doe. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to the world famous Go Deep the Podcast. We are a member of Go Deep Productions. And just a friendly reminder, folks, you can find our website at godeepproductions.godaddysites.com. That's where you can hear our podcast. If you don't want to do it through the app, you don't want to register, I get it. We have links to our clothing that I know Mofo doesn't wear, but that's his business, not mine. One other thing I just want to bring up to you guys, uh, this episode of the Raw Gas Experience is brought to you by the carb guys. These guys do uh, restoration. Uh, they rebuild carburetors, um, especially. And if you don't know what a carburetor is, you're probably too young, probably still wet behind the ears, but I'm not insulting. I'm just stating a fact. Their website is www.carbrebuilders.com. It'll be on our um, Podbeam account. You'll be able to click and link and connect to these guys. They're wonderful and they know exactly what they're doing. And with that being say, uh, said, folks, this is a raw gas experience, which means Motorsports Mofo. How are you, buddy? I'm good, as always, ready to do this. And uh, always always a pleasure. I, I was going to say with Alan Smithy, not so much with John Doe, but you know what? With the pair of you guys going to be on the show today, it's going to be a shit show, and I'm always welcome to that. Yeah, I'm going to keep it short, but man, you sound very subdued today. Have you been taking, you know, your, uh, your, your not Adderall, but, uh, you know, something <laughs> that, to bring you down, buddy, because you just seem... <laughs> You just seem mellow today, but that's okay. That's okay. Let's let's get into this, buddy. Let's get into yes. what you want to talk about today, Mofo. Tell yeah, us. So, guys, we're, we uh, we are talking Jeep life, and Alan Smith and I have had this going back and forth for months now. Months, and, I think over a year. Can't well, wait, likely, can't likely. Wait. And, I mean, every yeah. time that I get the opportunity to bust Alan Smith, these incredibly small balls, I rip on him about his Yikes. Jeep. You literally try to run over my balls with your uh, black widow, but uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get into that. We'll absolutely get into that. So today, guys, we're talking Jeep life. We are talking about what makes a Jeep owner a Jeep owner, um, how Jeep owners define each other, at least from our perception of the, uh, you know, our little spot here in Toronto. Obviously, everyone's different. Everyone sees it from a different angle. This is just our uh, particular vantage point. But uh, Alan Smithy as a Jeep owner, I as myself not being a Jeep owner because I value my transportation. So I always uh, side with the Chevrolet, of course. <laughs> Talk about swinging, aren't we? Oh, man. And, uh, <laughs> But no, we're, we're 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 going to be uh, we're going to be covering a couple different things, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna go with it and just uh, see where this ends up. But yeah, we're talking jeeps, and uh, definitely always curious to hear what your feedback is. If you're listening out there and you have a jeep, uh, leave us some comments or uh, hit one of us up on Instagram at um, Motorsports Mofo. I'll always take all the hate mail, and I'll take all the good stuff as I'm always happy to hear it. And let's see what you guys got out there and what you're wheeling. Um, always fun to hear. So we'll start it off. So well, well let's let's. Uh... Uh, let's get bring some raw gas to this. I'll, I'll just take five minutes of your time, gentlemen, and I'll bring you up to the history of speed on uh, Jeep. Back in World War II, just before the United States of America entered into it, they had a need for a general purpose vehicle for um, small troop transport, um, getting people around, getting uh, things around, and a very small package. So they put together a request to the different manufacturers to design and build a general purpose vehicle. And sure enough, uh, the Willys Corporation built and designed uh, the first Jeep, and it was just simply called the general purpose vehicle. And during the Second World War, there was upwards of uh, 300,000 of these things made. 
And they were made at the time by all the auto manufacturers uh, in operation in the States due to the, the war production efforts uh, they were made. And ironically, uh, Ford, the Ford Motor Corporation, happened to make the very best Jeeps, even though uh, Willys Corporation and the Overland Corporation and other manufacturers, but Ford, ironically, made the, uh, the, the very best Jeeps. So they went in production, and after the war, uh, soldiers returning home bought surplus Jeeps, and a company called the American uh, Motor Corporation, AMC, saw that there was a, a, a love for the Jeep and licensed it and uh, started manufacturing Jeeps commercially uh, and created a, a brand and a variety of different styles of Jeeps over the years. AMC's Haiti was in the 70s when they had three models. They had the Cherokee, they had the Wagoneer, and they had, of course, the CJ or the YJ, um, which is what people, when people think of a Jeep, they think of, you know, roof off and uh, driving down a beach. The, the Wagoneer was the family wagon and uh, they, there was the Jeepster, which is the pickup truck. So AMC really did well in the 70s. And then in the 80s... And this, Pfizer, just, I can just stop you there for a second yeah. there, Alan Smith. Anyone as a car guy should know AMC. Anyone that is a car guy, you know, you'd have your Javelin and your... Uh, your Ramblers, uh, Ramblin. like everyone that's been following me knows like I've got the AMC Typhoon. I've had the pleasure of uh, working on a little bit uh, over this off season for a uh, buddy there. So AMC was by no means new to the, the you know, the game and just brought it oh. like, so they, they did have actually a rather diverse catalog of uh, stuff and they never really hit off nearly as well as say General Motors, Ford and Dodge, but and you know, they, they did well in their prime. Their Jeeps are, are legendary. So, you know, you vintage Wranglers, vintage CJs, the, the 1970s, Golden Eagle uh, Wrangler is, is a, a very undisputed classic. Basically, the Golden Eagle was a Wrangler uh, that had a giant a decal of an eagle on its hood. And uh, it was called the the golden the golden eagle. So they did very well. They sold uh, their their Jeep line to Chrysler, which then compressed it into two vehicles: the Cherokee and the Wrangler. And then uh, in the early 90s, 93, they launched the Grand Cherokee. In 1990 or so 2002, they got rid of the Cherokee, replaced it with the Liberty, which I had two of before my Wrangler. And now they've uh, they've expanded since about 2006 to a whole line of, of vehicles and Jeep culture. There's uh, Mofo was, was talking about is the idea of people that are obsessed about Jeeps and uh, you know car culture is huge. Uh, people like Mofo who love you know stock car racing and are very brand loyal to vehicles like Chevrolet or you get you know Ford enthusiasts who love the the, the vintage Thunderbirds. But Jeep culture. Um, well, it, hold, it, hold on a second there. You, you forgot to say Dodge enthusiasts that like pushing their cars. Right, Dodge enthusiasts. I'm, you know, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna step on so many toes. <laughs> By omission, and I apologize to all of our listeners who are, who um, have a, a predilection towards a certain brand. I apologize for by omission, but in any event, uh, so I don't apologize. Culture, I do it purposely. Do you? <laughs> but you're a Chevy guy, so your opinion's worth nothing. Oh, <laughs> Ooh. I mean, what is there really to say when it comes to comparison, guys? Like when it comes to Ouch. John Doe here, I I, uh, I don't I don't really fancy the Jeep and. I wouldn't thank you for a Chrysler if you delivered to my driveway, but uh, <laughs> you know. Also saying that I I'm not I can't say I'm really a brand enthusiast per se, but I'm kind of excited and I hate to say this out loud, but I'm gonna say it anyways, and I'm gonna take the shame and the slapping. But uh, I've owned a bunch of Hyundai's and I've had zero issues with them whatsoever. I've burned them into the ground, and the the well, next one I'm kind you're of you're a dad, John. So uh, that that goes to that stands to reason that uh, you're big into the Hyundai. Hyundai is very popular with well, you know. 
I know that you're a Dodge fan and, and you love uh, caravans. The neon, man. The <laughs> but, neon. Yeah. The Dodge yeah. neon, motherfucker. But I'm I'm oh, excited wow. about the Santa the Santa Cruz. It's a it's a pickup the Santa truck. Santa Cruz is a great looking little pickup truck, man. I got it. It reminds me of the El Camino. Yep. And it reminds me of the um, the Baja from I think it was Subaru. I think it was Subaru that did the the Baja. I think you're right. I'll I think you're correct. correct on that. You know what? I I think like the main takeaway here is like Hyundai is like you know for those that just like can't step up to like the real truck. <laughs> well, you know, I'm pretty sure the only thing I'll be towing is a uh, GT Snow Racer on the back of the <laughs> the tow, but. <laughs> uh you know i don't i i think the only thing yours has been towing is your feet didn't you have like the the ah. foot covers taken out so you can be like fred flintstone but you're probably more like barney judging by your picture cut the four pans out myself <laughs> nice so and mofo that sort of brings up what you do with with black widow and you know, that sort of ties into jeep culture in the sense that um the a lot of hardcore jeep enthusiasts are big on customization of their wrangler and when I, I was just going to say there, like, is, yeah. I was just going to say, like, you name me another vehicle. And now anyone as a car guy, I mean, no one, everyone knows you can't just leave well enough alone. That being said, though, show me another vehicle that rolls off the assembly line and you pay for that whole thing at the dealership just to take it home. And then, you know, within a couple hours to a couple of weeks, Jeep guys, hardcore Jeep guys have got it down to essentially just the top. Oh, totally. They, You know they what I mean? Like bumpers are off, winch goes on. And, uh, suspension gets lifted, obviously, and like, and what I mean is like all this OEM factory stuff is like goners. Absolutely, you know, so I mean, the, the the hardcore Jeep guys they buy the stock sport uh, entry level vehicle that basically comes with nothing, and they either have uh, their own version of the garage Mahal, or they send it to a you know a, a, a specialist, a, a, you know their dealerships around town or, or shops around town that specialize in simply doing modifications for jeeps uh, i'm not buzz market any of them but here in vegas there are a couple of shops that you can just deliver your stock jeep to and they will customize it to your heart's content i know that in toronto there's one that i've used before for parts that you just drop it and that's essentially what these guys do they take their jeep uh and they they drop it off and they have the grocery list of things from suspension to steering to everything that they want upgraded, uh, whether they want a lift kit, you know, depending on what they want to do. And a lot of them as well keep different types of of uh, things depending on the season. So they modify their, their Wranglers uh, to drive in the wintertime and then when they're going off-roading and then when they're just sort of doing everyday all-season driving. And it's there's a... When you see like a specific culture, you're right. There's Jeep owners, I think because the vehicle itself was very basic in the beginning that these, these guys coming back from the war had these surplus Jeeps that they wanted to modify for use at home and not like motorcycle culture with Harley-Davidson's and you know stock car racing when it, you look back in the 50s the whole american graffiti uh souping up your 57 chevy that ideal the ideal of not leaving well enough alone which you know well enough mofo with what you're doing to your vehicles um is ingrained uh, with jeep culture but with jeep culture is specifically designed for off-roading uh people i that, feel like i feel like jeep people though generally speaking I, i'm gonna stop there about the off-roading thing i'm gonna come back to it in a second but i just want i feel like jeep people are definitely definitively their own their own crop of people and i don't mean that in a negative or an offensive no, we're, no, whatsoever and we're, but we're i have had the pleasure of um knowing some jeep people and and in my younger years i had the opportunity to to work at 
did a um, an aftermarket shop, and then they did a lot of Jeep stuff, lifts and uh, gear sets, and that because obviously the bigger wheels and tires you're going to, you're going to put in a lower gear set to get those things actually turning. I mean, we did all sorts of stuff, and then in turn, they wanted you to make sure you took it out, you know, on the trail or somewhere just close by, tested it out. And at first, I used to think this is like it's just not my thing. I'll phrase it that way: it's not my thing. Totally. I respect yeah. it, but I'm just like this is yeah. stupid. You're you're doing all this work to go out and get stuck in the mud and then have to winch the damn thing out and whatever yeah. right and it's, it's then one day adventure you know oh no and i i get that now because like there was a day where a guy came in he's like listen man i i i'm gonna buy a winch you know tomorrow i promise but right now my buddy and i are stuck in the bush where are you oh we're over here. okay well the owner of the shop says okay mofo um you know here's my keys to my jeep go out get these you know meat sticks like pulled out of there with my jeep come on back <laughs> No. Okay. Let me, so let, me go go for you. let me go back to this Jeep thing, uh, continue with this Jeep thing here. Now, I understand that Jeep pickup trucks were a thing, and there are pictures online where you can find the Willy Jeep 4x4 1947 pickup. Yep. Looks great. I don't think the modern versions do look great. I think they look kind of cheesy. Agreed. I it, think it's an acquired very much. The Jeeps are an acquired taste. Just going to say an acquired taste, a very cliche, like a click sort of group. Um, very much. Say so. click very, very or clit. So. It's only like, yeah, like, <laughs> It's a very no, click honestly, group. <laughs> like a, it's honestly, it's it's a click like a group of like, and you know, we can get into this in in a few minutes. But Jeep Jeep owners can either be very warm and accommodating, or but there's a, a definitely a, a very small segment that are just unrepentant assholes so we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll get back to that but yeah you're right uh john the um the, the new gladiators the stock gladiators that you buy in the shop i think are absolutely ugly but i've seen someone's done up with you know uh, 38 inch tires a three inch lift and the rescue boards on the back that just look absolutely gorgeous and, I think, uh, like, I think the Gladiator, as an example, see, I don't mind the look of the Gladiator, ironically, and I'm not even a Jeep guy, but when I look at it, I don't, when I see, like, a stock Gladiator, I'm looking at, and instantly in my head, I'm looking at it thinking I'm seeing that with 36s, 38, and that's 30, what I do 35 too, yeah. inch tires or a 38 yeah. inch, you know, a six inch lift. And I'm envisioning that thing like doing some off, you know, off wheeling off in the bush yeah. or off on a trail. Yeah. And I'm looking at it from that perspective. And then by the same breath, I want to go to, you know, the Home Depot and pick up some two by fours or something. Boom, you can throw them in the bed of a sensu is now a pickup truck. So I think totally. like ultimately the gladiator crosses between those that don't want a Dodge Ram, but do want a Jeep, but want the functionality of a truck and, totally. and you combine all that together. So I think there is a niche. I think like the fact that it seats, you know, has the, the four doors, I think is pretty yep. cool. You know, let me so ask I think you like something, there is a niche. does this actually fill both functions? Like, can this be a proper off-road vehicle if it's a pickup Jeep? Doesn't that negate the the aspect of it being a four by four then and being able to go in the wilderness and properly go around? Like, isn't that what? So here's the thing, like, and and this is like, I mean, going back to like the story I was saying is just that like these meat sticks got themselves stuck in the most tightest possible mud hole and confines that you could get stuck in. So when you look at it as an example, like a GTJ and the short wheelbase, the whole initial ideology of what the original Jeep premise was built on, go anywhere small versatile utility or utilitarian vehicle right and then you flip back over to the gladiator i mean yeah like it, it would obviously have its its spots where it's going to pose a problem it's going to get stuck it's going to have 
um, you know, it's issues, but then you have to factor in like the, I've never pulled the data specifically to see like how many people that actually say buy a Jeep actually take them off road versus not very drive them around. And it's probably not many. It's probably what 10%. Mopo 10%. I was just about to say that 10% actually legitimately take it off road with respect to the gladiator itself. uh, You know, getting back to Jeep culture, the gladiator exists because of sort of the Jeep culture and the the extreme modifications with the, um, there was a, a Jeep Unlimited Extended about 15 years ago that Jeep decided they wanted to make their, their wheelbase a little larger. Even though it was still two doors, there was, there was uh, about two and a half, almost three feet extra in the back end. And then immediately what, what the Jeep culture did was they started designing kits to close it off and make that back area a truck bed. And that became a very popular modification for these these unlimited extended wheelbase vehicles. So popular, in fact, that Chrysler responded and they floated the idea of creating a pickup truck. Uh, and again, Jeep back in the 70s did have a pickup truck. It was a two-door one called the Scrambler that was really popular. And so hence the, the, the you know, the, what was born of the, of the Gladiator. Back to John Doe's point, is a, is a pickup truck legit? Another thing that Jeep owners, the uh, reason they wanted a pickup truck is that a lot of Jeep owners love the idea of big races like the Dakar Rally. So the Dakar Rally is from uh, Paris all the way through, I think Paris to Morocco, all the way through the sort of the upper African peninsula. And it's mainly modified uh, sport pickup trucks that do this 24-hour day, seven-day week rate. Very and grueling uh, on very the equipment, grueling. too. And Jeep just released a version of the Gladiator last year called the Mojave that has a slightly wider wheelbase designed for uh, off-roading in the desert, uh, in the specific desert and, and desert-type terrain, going really fast along those kind of trails. And it's called the Mojave. So the, the specs are just slightly different than the Gladiator itself. Looks like the Gladiator, but, you know, big car nerds like MoFo would understand that the subtle differences in suspension and wheelbase yeah. so now i was just gonna actually say like just for a second like going back to though um Alan, where you said about like the, the jeeps are essentially meant for like off-road i know like i've talked to john doe and um when john's been with me at track at cayuga there we've had the pleasure of watching um like oso ontario street outlaws and other sanctioning bodies or even just average car guys like myself and they've showed up with the um jeep grand cherokee srts and the yes. of course the track hawks yeah. and and, and they're beautiful vehicles. Again, I was just going to say, like, as a car guy, like, how do you not appreciate something like that? And it is, you know, like, and again, you get that sort of, that's sort of the defining line with Jeep culture, too, because as I said a few minutes ago, there is a small Jeep, Jeep culture is defined by Jeep owners. And, and 90% of us welcome anybody that, that has a Jeep and maybe even Bronco owners. If you're now a Ford Bronco owner and you want to go off-roading and you want to join us off-roading in, the, in, a, in a Jeep club, we sort of welcome everybody. But there, unfortunately, there's a small subset of our group that really believe that unless you own a Wrangler, uh, or you own the Cherokee from the 70s into the 90s, that everything else isn't a Jeep. It's simply just labeled a Jeep. And I think that makes you a bit of a dick. I, I understand the sort of the purest nature of that, but I think you, you want all communities to be inclusive. And even though the Grand Cherokee, the SRT, and the Trackhawk, which is, you know, I'm not a race, as you know, Mofo and, and John, I, I don't care about car racing, but the, the Trackhawk is an absolutely gorgeous vehicle. It's, it's tires and everything. It's just a power. So, so, and that to me that is as much a Jeep as my Wrangler is. So and I just want to, like, here, here's another thing, like, just going back to then how, like, 
people define like as purists, like for the Jeep guys I'm talking, I mean, even for the average, um, maybe you're just, you're just an average motorist. You don't really pay too much attention. You never thought too much about it. And we will explain the second part of this in a second, but, um, a good buddy there that, uh, you know, him and I have chatted back and forth on Instagram for a little while. He's out in California. Um, his handle sinister underscore motorsports. So make sure you check out sinister underscore motorsports, check out his page. He gets to work on a lot of Jeep stuff and some really cool stuff. And him and I were talking. And he drops this line, and I love it. Like, I absolutely love it. I have not heard it before, but I'll explain this again. But he drops the line of, uh, what is your, basically, what is your preference on Jeep? You know, like a TJ or frameless and shameless, or I think it was a YJ and or frameless and shameless. And now, essentially, what that means is you, again, going back to the purist, the Jeep purist, is you have people that are defined that it needs to be a body on frame, or what I call a tub on frame, a tub being like, you know, the driver area type thing, the compartment, the shell. And then, like, you know, there's other people that are, I'm all about, I just want the style of a, a Grand Cherokee. I just love the Grand Cherokee. I don't care if I ever off-road this thing. And yeah. it's a unibody or subframe. And again, just the way it defines, you know, Jeep owners as that one needs to know it's not a Jeep because it's uh, not a frame on a body on frame. But then you get the guys at the drag strip where I'm not worried about off-roading my Grand Cherokee Trackhawk. I just trailer this thing and I'm looking to run nine. Right. And, and they know? do. And, and it's interesting because some of the, you can get, and I love seeing some of the videos of people that love their Grand Cherokees and will take like a 95 or a 96 and they'll put a lift kit on it and they'll put 38s on it. And the, you'll see them on the trail as well. And they're just, they'll take the doors off them too, which is, it, they really Frankenstein it up. I think if you ever get to see, if you go to Google and you Google off-road Grand Cherokee, they honestly look like monster trucks at this point. And uh, they're, they're just beautiful. But again, I think that's all Jeep culture. I think anything where it says Jeep, that sort of spirit of adventure, whether it's adventure on the track, whether it's adventure on the trail, I think Jeep culture just is an idea of go anywhere, do anything, unstoppable in any weather adventure. It's an it's an idea of of adventure, and I think that's sort of at the heart of Jeep culture uh, for for everybody that owns a Jeep. And I know that there there are people that go into the you know the Chrysler dealership today and they'll buy themselves the new Cherokee or they'll buy themselves the Jeep Compass or the Renegade, and those things can go off-road they can go off-road in the same way that a that a hyundai santa fe can go off-road yeah. um but they they want to and again they're very capable it's funny because jeep has a specific they have this badge you'll see on the side of certain jeeps and it says trail rated and what they do is jeep chrysler has certain trails in southern california in nevada and in that new mexico that they road test their vehicles oh, wow. and if you see a jeep whether it's a compass or or a, or a grand cherokee or a cherokee and it's got that trail rated badge on it. For example, if you look at the Cherokee, um, there are some models of the Cherokee like the Sport, and I'm talking about the new Cherokee, not the original. The new Cherokees like the, the Sport that do not have that trail rated badge, but the Compass Trailhawk that has a slightly lifted frame and slightly um, better supported uh, suspension has passed that. So they take these vehicles out and they run them through sort of the, the um, entry level uh, trail. And if they're capable with the suspension that the, the engineers have designed of passing that, they get that little trail rated badge. So to me, you know, that if you're buying a Jeep, you're part of the Jeep culture. Don't be a snob. But I get the the purists are out there who, who basically say, even with the Ford, so there's a schism right now in the Jeep community between people that own four-door Wranglers and two-door Wranglers. And people that own four-door Wranglers are you know, they get a lot of scorn because, again, because of the extended wheelbase, you don't have as much ground clearance, so you can't get up and over things the way that the two doors can. 
And um, a lot of the uh, a lot of the purists say, well, you know, that's the minivan version of the Jeep Wrangler, the four door. And I Slap. get, you know, I I I've got a few people that I, I harass about that, and I give them a hard time about that because I own a two door, but it's only out of good fun. I would never be a dick about that. But yeah, it's the Jeep purists only believe that the four door, or even specifically the two door Cherokee from the from the eighties and the nineties, or the CJ YJ two door Wrangler, that's it for Jeeps. It, it needs to be uh, easily modified, heavily modified, and go off road. Whereas the other ninety percent of us, if it says Jeep, it's a Jeep. I think it is, like I think the one thing too was is like Jeep when you you want to get into like the purest thing. And I do understand what you're saying there, but based on what it was on, just the fact that on the Compass as an example or a Renegade, like you look at the interiors and everything. Um, these are by no means meant to ever have the doors taken off. They're Never. probably not meant Correct. to be anywhere near a mud, like, you know, submerged or anything Never. like some no. of the other, um, you know, TJYJ Cherokees yeah. to yeah. be questionable. My, my, but you know what I mean? So, so well, for my, uh, my Wrangler, um, the carpets come out. I've got plugs in the floors. So I can pull the carpet right up easily and I can hose out the interior. Uh, I can get up to just, just stock, just the stock. Uh, Wrangler that I have, I can go almost uh, underwater, almost up to my headlights because the all the air intakes, all everything is uh, at sort of the level of the headlights, and nothing, everything below is sealed. Will I ever do that with mine? No, because my insurance company would frown upon that if I ever. I was going to say that's stuff. the other thing though. It's like where Jeep advertises. It's just funny, like but where Jeep. I mean, you see other car companies do it too with their trucks, but they'll show them taking them to these off-road adventures. But when you read the disclaimer about you know when you're buying the vehicle and your warranty, you know this is not an off-road. No. Like, so it's just interesting the way they, and, they and market it. Yeah, and that's why the, the purists will buy the they'll buy the entry level or Wrangler Sport, and they don't care about the warranty because they're taking all the warranty parts off anyhow. I was just gonna say, like you know, yeah. the hardcore guys are tearing out the differentials completely, putting in like totally. the 60s. Um, totally. transfer cases six yeah, and even like, I'll give you an example like I'm not a hardcore purist at all but when I when I bought my Wrangler again I was very specific so it my Wrangler it's a it's a Wrangler Sport S and it came stock with Goodyear uh, basic Goodyear Wrangler GSA tires which are entry level street off-road all or sorry not off-road they're just street all-season radial tires I, I immediately before the Jeep ever hit the dealership I'm like okay I need uh, BF Goodrich KO2 off-roading tires all season tires. Um, mine came with a very plastic because it's the Sport S and it's one of the entry levels. Came with a very uh, plastic bumper. What I did was I ordered the Rubicon bumper that um, minus the end cap. So it's a very small steel bumper that exposes the front tires. I dropped immediately. I got rid of the standard antenna and I got myself a low profile antenna and um, you know just little modifications like that. At some point I'll probably put a, a two inch lift kit on it. Uh, will I ever take it seriously off-roading? No, but I'm hoping to take it on some, some very modest trails. Will I ever submerge it? Not on purpose. (laughs) But it's definitely fun. I'll tell you, um, I was in Toronto for the big snowstorm in January. Well, welcome back there. I don't know why I love Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I was just in for town for a few days. I don't know why I happened to pick those two days. Canadian But it was... No, Canadian weed is what I come back for, my friend. Cocaine is best from south of the border, but you will not find any better weed than Canadian weed. But that's for our drug podcast, not for the G podcast. But it was, um, you know, it was it was incredible with the amount of snow that we had that I was able to to uh, whip around um, and truly experience like a hardcore. Canadian winter in the in the Jeep and I had it in uh, four high and uh, driving around at uh, 
irresponsibly at 70 to 80 kilometers on uh, empty roads and taking corners hard and not moving literally like cornering and not having a one centimeter of slide just cornering as if it was dry pavement simply because the four by four on the stock system that i have in my deep is that tight is that solid that i was able to corner at about 60 kilometers in a foot and a half of snow without deviating a centimeter it was it was just the most incredible feel well that's i was going to ask you about that if it's actually any good for um uh weather not just like mud and stuff and like i mean ideally you would look at it and say yeah but i mean you got yourself special tires at the same point like extra nubby tires i would imagine the, that's correct. The, the tires that I have are are, uh, are they're winter rated. They have a little uh, snowflake on them, and uh, they are fantastic for for grip. The KO twos are uh, sort of very the either that or the Goodyear uh, Duratex or Mickey Thomas tires. There are a few different brands that are sort of home. Mickey Thompson. Sorry, Mickey Thompson. Thank you very much, Mofo. You but, are welcome. Uh, sir. I'll let it slide this time. Mickey Thomas <laughs> is the lead singer of Starship Jefferson Starship. My apologies, Mickey. <laughs> Thomas, yeah, Mickey Thompson makes tires. Uh, we built this city on rock and roll, motherfucker. So yeah, it's it's great in the snow, and uh, it, it was a super. I've got the hard top. I see a lot of people. They uh, they keep their soft top on all year round, and I don't know how they survive in a Canadian winter with the soft top. Uh, I'm grateful that I have uh, both tops, the soft and the hard, and. Uh, it's nice to keep it warm, but yeah, it, it handles exceptionally well in the snow, but you know, and I'll put this caution to anyone who's casually listening right now, a four by four system. And the reason why in a winter snowstorm in, you know, the upper uh, states uh, like Minnesota or New York state or Wyoming or in, uh, you know, anywhere in Canada in the winter, why you see 90% of the cars in the ditch are four wheel drive vehicles or quote-unquote sport utilities is because people that buy sport utilities get the idea that the moment the snow falls they their four by four system makes them invincible and the reality is that four by fours including the jeeps aren't really much good beyond 20 kilometers an hour once you get it above 20 kilometers an hour uh if you don't know how to handle it know how to drive it uh, you're more likely to wipe out than almost any other vehicle simply because of the higher ground clearance and the higher profile of the vehicle so that's why sport utilities end up in the ditch more than any other vehicles because people believe themselves to be uh that four by four sort of endows them with magical powers to avoid slipping what is really good what the jeep is really really good at is being stuck in two or three feet of snow and slowly be able to work your way out of that whereas other vehicles would get trapped until you dug them out um, you know, I don't have to dig my Jeep out because it's just, I just put it in the low range gear for low and, uh, just slowly at, you know, three, four, five kilometers an hour, just sort of inch my way out of, uh, the snow. So yeah, it handles, per- it handles perfectly. Alan, so I'm curious, like just now, I'm, like I said, I've never owned a Jeep, but this has always been like a pet peeve that has worn on me. For sure. some ironic reason, when I look at Jeeps and I'm talking about like the Wranglers or YJ, and um, the doors, the door pins, yeah. inevitably, uh, it seems like no matter what you do, I've seen guys that undercoat oil spray their Jeeps, seen all sorts of things, and inevitably those door pins, um, where the doors are removable type thing or hinges, you always see the rust issues. And I know at yeah. points I've seen like Dodge or Chrysler has had like recalled or warranty, that sort of stuff. 
And I was other times I've right now, curious, like, I, and yeah. it's funny you mentioned this mobile. I just had my Jeep in the shop warrantied to fix that. And it's just Chrysler being cheap. So basically what they do is they, they put the doors on and then they spray coat it and then they spray paint it and do the painting process. But what you have with those hinges is you have metal on metal and mm-hmm. immediately it rusts. So, so mine is a 2020. I've had it for two years. And it started rusting at the year and a half mark, 18 months. And, and all three of my four door hinges had rust on them. So what they had to do is they had to take the door hinges off and they had to um, sand it down, repaint. And in one case, they, uh, they broke the, the, the pin itself was fragile and they broke the door pin. So they had to, you know, get another door pin. So it's just cheapness on the, on the, on the. So I guess what I'm asking is, is then do you think it's something as an example, because the purists are always going to love the fact you can buy a Jeep, take the doors off of it and still drive it down the road. And that's acceptable under the MTO because that's how the vehicle is designed. Do you ever think that they will go to a different pin design, maybe something that is not going to cause that issue? No, I don't think so. I think uh, what they're doing right now is the, the the cheapest thing possible. And the purest, you can buy upgraded heavier duty hinges, like anything, uh, literally any part on a on a Jeep Wrangler. Um, there's an aftermarket replacement part for it that's better and stronger. So what what Chrysler's done in many cases, especially with you know the door hinges, is they have put on the, the, the cheapest ones possible and it's good enough to get it through. And for 90% of the users that keep it on the road, uh, you know, you sometimes you might get rust on it. Sometimes you, you won't get rust on it. So no, I, I think they understand that the purists will put their own hinges on and uh, anything else that will be a warranty issue. And they'll just do what they did with mine and sand it and rust it. So, you know, yeah, no, they, I, I think they, they, really uh, they base the Jeep off the Dodge Neon, which I think I believe is the Dodge, uh, <laughs> the Dodge Dart, right? So it's like keep it cheap and just so, hold it on, man, hold on. Just, so, so you know, before just first, before we close this off, I just want to say, you know, it, the thing that really grinds my ass, and I'm not even a Dodge guy, but grind, you know what? Listen, this is no, I said ass. Off. I said okay, yeah, grind. Fair enough. Fair enough. The thing that grinds my gears, then, Alan Smithy, is that when people nowadays, and I hate to say it, but millennials or people that did not know anything about the original Dodge Dart, is when they look at a 2017 or 2016 Dodge Dart and they assume, oh, this is the Dodge Dart. This is what the Dodge Dart that you know um, your grandparents or your parents were talking about. My parents had a '73. Yeah. I was just going to say, you know what, educate yourself, guys. Like, if you're not sure about the original Dodge Dart, look up, like, a 68 or a 70 Dodge Dart and what guys are doing with them, what you can do, um, how badass of a car they are. And I just, I hate, when I think of, like, the new Dodge Dart, I think, you know, I wish, like, you guys could have named it, named it anything. They could have named named it Neon. They should have left it Neon because I agree with you, Mofo. They should have. Dodge Dart is a sort of a legendary name and it's, you don't, it's like the Challenger or the Charger. You don't just be willing, you don't, you don't sort of name a car willy nilly. Uh, I, I, I was just going to say, I never saw like a 66 to like say 73 four door Dodge Charger. Maybe I'm missing something. But uh, when Dodge brought out their, you know, their new Charger, and don't get me wrong, there's a huge following on guys with the Chargers, and you know, it's got the Hemi or it's got the SRT8 package or the Hellcat package. Hellcat package, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not knocking the new Chargers. I'm just saying, like, as a if I owned 
a muscle car like a Charger, I'd be a little bit pissed that they use the same name, but it's not available in a two-door. And that's just like as a car guy. Well, sort as of a guy preference. who appreciates Ford, I sort of feel that way now about the uh, Mustang. You know, they've got an, uh, the Mach-E like, Mustang. Yeah, yeah. The the Mustang. So the Mustang is a very. I'm very particular. I, again, uh, I love Mustangs. I'll never own a Mustang because I'm I'm not a sports car guy. But I have such a deep respect for the Mustang. Yeah. At the same time, I like the looks of the Mach-E. Um, uh, my wife, Annie Hack has a, has a Ford escape and the Mach E will probably be our next vehicle, but it should never have been named Mustang. It's basically what they did was they took the Mazda, uh, SUV because Ford has an interest in Mazda. Yep. They took that body, modified it slightly, put an electric engine in it, put the Mustang logo on the front and created a Frankenstein of a electric car. It's a very good car, but as a brand, it's a complete and utter failure, which for Ford, is not a not an entire surprise. I mean, they had cars, oh, of course, right? You know, so I, I was just going to say, Alan, with you, as a Mustang owner myself, um, I personally see that it's just driven the value up in my bullet because yeah, when I look at bullet, these Mach-E's, I think to myself, like God, like I, I name it anything else again, but don't attach the Mustang. If you want to have a Mustang um, electric car, you know, wait to like they put the electric in the actual Mustang, which we mm-hmm. know is coming. We've already talked to that. We know it's coming. That's fine. But to call this a Mach-E, it's like, it takes it away from the Mach-1 Mustang and its heritage. It takes away from the Mustang as a and general and its heritage. Do, you know, I know we only have a few minutes left. I get what Ford's trying to do. They're trying to blend the both worlds. They're trying to say, yes, it's a sport SUV, but a lot of what people like about the Tesla, especially the Tesla Plaid, is, is that it's fast as fuck. So they want to say, well, 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 sure, it's an electric SUV, oh, but it's also a really super fast car. In fact, it's so fast we're calling it a Mustang. But again, that's Ford's marketing department uh, fucking up and not you know they're not it's no fault of the car itself it's just the, the the branding side of ford probably some of the same people responsible for the you know the 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 all of the, the ford escort what kind of a name is ford escort for a car? Escort. Like, what the fuck is that the Ford Escort, like, yeah. get the fuck out of here. The Mercury Mercury. Poor Henry like, Ford's probably rolling in his grave right now. Should have called, totally uh, called it the Ford, should have called it the Ford Cougar. Well, is he? Mercury Well, Cougar. then you go back Mercury to the, Cougar. you go back to the Mercury Cougar. There, I know, John. I know. That's Mercury what I got my inspira- yeah. inspiration from. Yeah. Inspiration. Now, Mofo, I do want to come back. Thank you. Mofo, I want to say thank you very much for having me on this. I know we're not really talking about what we usually talk about. Which is uh, you know anything else but cars. But I'm I'm I love cars. I love talking to you about cars, and I want to thank you and John for having me on this about this. There's happy to come back and talk more about Jeep culture and uh, any other uh, sort of car related issues because while I'm a Jeep guy, uh, I have an affinity for cars, and uh, I'd love to talk about them anytime with you. And uh, as I've said to you before. I don't like drag racing. I don't like racing cars. I don't like Formula One. I think it's all bullshit. But you put out a hell of a podcast when you talk about um, your your when you talk about racing and NASCAR. I am captivated to this podcast uh, when you talk about NASCAR. But I, again, I don't care about it. I think it's bullshit. But you make it interesting, and uh, I want to thank you for having me on today. Well, Alan, it's always a pleasure. And uh, you know what? I mean, one day I'm hoping to sway you over to the dark side of poor financial decisions and endless amounts of rent time just to uh, stands for just empty every pocket. I'm there with the poor financial (laughs) decisions, my friend. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here.
Alan Smithy, oh, absolute God. pleasure. Thank you for having us here to uh, to uh, gain your knowledge and insight on this topic. I know you and I have often had numerous conversations about this whole thing. Don't Again, hesitate in the when the winter's over, bring bring Black Widow out to uh, out to Vegas, and uh, there are lots of lots of empty roads for you to drag race. The uh, the Nevada Nevada Police Department don't really care on some of the back roads if you want to go really fast with that. If that thing if that thing is capable going fast uh, you're welcome to bring it out to Vegas and uh, we'll, we'll uh, tear around the back road <laughs> well I will maybe take you up on that offer Alan Smithy and uh, until the next time I see you I want to again thank you and uh, shout out again to Sinister underscore Motorsports for the frameless and shameless love that line we'll make sure I put that into my repertoire awesome. and uh, again thank you uh, for the carb guys yes guys if you have a carburetor that needs rebuilding from a 1970 Hemi Challenger over to a Porsche a Mazda R seven anything in between marine automotive they take care of it all full machining everything like that whatever you might need uh done bench flow testing etc very much uh really great place i've dealt with them a few times now on uh, some of my build really good guys very knowledgeable make sure you check them out and their website will be in the uh, link underneath yes definitely they will mofo thank you for being on the show thank you for having me on your segment the raw gas experience mofo. you're welcome john <laughs> <laughs> kind of left me hanging there. Uh, folks, just a friendly <laughs> reminder. Uh, fucking dick. You can go to our website and you can listen live from our website. Just go to godeepproductions.godaddysites.com. From there, you can listen to the podcast. You can send us an email. If you're, if you're looking to be a sponsor for the show like uh, the Carb guys are for this segment, just reach out to us and let's see if we can't make a deal. Alan Smithy, uh, thank you for your insight once again. I really do pleasure, appreciate it. Pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure talking to John Mofo as always. Fuck you. And uh, <laughs> I love you both terribly. I'll never forget that pleasure, analogy, boys. the analogy of Jeep. I'll never forget that. <laughs> Just empty every pocket, motherfucker. <laughs> Mofo, once again, thank you. Uh, a wise person once told me, nobody likes to tip, so that's why we go deep. Go deep. Go deep. Go deep. This is Go Deep Productions. Thank you for listening to Go Deep, the podcast, a member of Go Deep Productions, where we give our opinions like we have a clue. You can find us on all forms of social media. If you would like to reach out to the show, email us at GoDeepThePodcast at gmail.com. And remember, always go deep. Go deep.